Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we start into today's episode, I have a quick question for you. Raise your hand if you are listening and you are a founder or you are a founder type or working on side projects. Now, if you're if you're driving, please don't raise your hand. But if you're thinking that's me, chances are you might have a co-founder and in today's world, everything's remote. And this is unfortunate for founding teams because teams work fastest when they're together, right? When you're starting something new from scratch, being in the same room has a magical kind of feeling to it. And when we're all remote, you don't really get the same thing. Well, what if I told you there's a way to get that same output, right? Get that same feeling while being remote. And luckily there is. Uh, our sponsor for the next couple of weeks for Forward Thinking Founders is Sidekick. And Sidekick is an always-on display that sits next to you, next to your computer. It allows you to work right next to your co-founder like you were in the same room. This eliminates most of the problems that you kind of get when founding a startup remotely. And you're able to move faster and, and, and kind of get stuff done in a much more efficient way like you could with if you were in the same room. And luckily, because you're a listener of Forward Thinking Founders, you get a big discount on on Sidekick devices. If you go to sidekick.video slash FTF, you get $30 off. The market rate is $50 per device. As a listener of this podcast, it is $20 per device. $30 off total per device. So go to sidekick.video slash FTF, get your devices, and get you and your co-founders working together like you're in the same room, even if you're remote. Hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their business for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to have on Paige Doherty, who was the uh, kind of part of this another segment of early bets. Paige, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thank you. I'm doing well. It's nice to be here and excited to be on the podcast after I've listened to it for a while. I am stoked to have you on as well. Based on your tweets, which we already have talked about a little bit, so we'll talk about it on the podcast too, but you are into a bunch of the similar things that I'm into. So I think we'll have a great conversation. For people that don't know who you are, maybe they don't follow you on Twitter. Can you just give like a brief intro overview on you? And then we kind of like just dive into what you're interested in. Yeah, sure. Um, So for me, I um, am really interested in B2B and enterprise software, um, which I think sounds funny coming out of the mouth of someone that just graduated college. But I got really interested in it my senior year, um, worked at a growth equity firm and have a definite interest in making the investing space more inclusive and transparent 
Um, so I tweet a lot about that that you, you referenced before. Um, so I do like a lot around resources for first-time founders, um, people looking to get into VC. I find there's like a lot of implicit norms that I have the ability to make explicit for people that it might not be um, like first nature for. So yeah. So let's kind of let's kind of start high level and think like you know you tweet about a bunch of different things, um, and that's how we got connected. That's how I get connected with like most people these days in, in COVID <laughs> yeah. world. What what are some what is some topic or one thing that you spend like a decent amount of time thinking about that we can dive into? It could be some things you tweet about, something that came up today, but like what's what's something on your mind that you spend time thinking about that you uh, want to chat about? Spend time about. Um, I'm writing a children's book for adults on venture capital that I'm super excited about. So let's before we go into specifically the book, where yeah. um, because I saw that and it, it looks super sweet. Um, mm. I, when I saw that idea, um, why are you interested in venture? What about it interests you? Oh, and not oh, just interested. Okay, you're okay. like Gosh. you're like you're building for it, right? This is like your thing. So like, yeah, what, what's interesting about it? Yeah, I mean, I guess like I've had a long, long curiosity with how things work. And I started in engineering and learning about how physical things work and then software learning about how software works. And then I got into entrepreneurship and it was really interesting to learn more about how a singular company works. Um, and then venture, I learned more about it my senior year of college. And it was really interesting to see like how all of the moving parts work together. So not just a singular company, but it's like multiple companies across a portfolio and you have different companies and different investments in like different funds. Um, and I just really liked that there was so many moving parts because my background is kind of in systems engineering. Um, and I see like venture capital as kind of an application of systems engineering in the startup space. Um, and I've, I've also just like met a lot of really cool investors and founders and to get my, to get to spend my day asking, um, really cool founders and investors what they're up to and helping them grow is really exciting for me. Yeah. I share your enthusiasm for venture capital. I am, am, I mean, I feel like my, my kind of interest is in it is like, I understand how it works and I actually think there's some improvements that can always be made on it. And I'm like, you know, that, that's kind of like, that's my interest. Um, and it's cool to know that like you have your interest too. You're not just, it's not just interest, right? It's like, you're doing something with it. So you're, you're, you're writing a book about venture capital. Can you like dive into what you're doing and why you're doing it? Yeah. So I have this whole thing about learning in public and in my entrepreneurship program that I was in, we learned a lot about the lean startup method, which is basically doing early customer interviews, engaging interest before start building anything. Um, and so like a lot of what I tweet about is related to that. Um, and so I saw my friend Nikhil had published a book on clinical trials that was like a children's book for adults. And I was like, Oh, it's really cool to explain like a complicated topic, um, in simple terms and with illustrations. And so I just quote tweeted it and I was like, would anyone read a book like this about venture capital? Um, like, let me know if you'd like a first draft. And I had like hundreds of DMS and like a bunch of people responded and I was like, Oh, okay. There's like definitely interest here for a book like this. And I think I have like a unique perspective on venture having studied it kind of from the outside, like growth equity is a different, um, way of investing. And that's like where I spent my time. Um, 
so yeah, it was kind of based off of that. And then I reached out to everyone that DM me and reach out to me. And I was like, Hey, I'll have a, this Monday. I was like, I'll have a rough draft for you on Thursday. And I didn't have anything written. Um, and so I was kind of like brainstorming ideas of analogies. And then suddenly like I went to bed on Wednesday. I was like, all right, I'll do it in the morning. And I woke up like in the middle of the night with this idea about a farmer analogy and how, um, venture capitalists are similar to farmers and that they like help companies grow and like there's like more extension to the analogy but it was uh it was cool to like set that like arbitrary deadline for myself and then I ended up sending it out to 60 people that gave me their emails and I'm currently parsing through people came back to me like paragraphs and paragraphs of feedback so I'm parsing through that right now um and working my second draft wow you sound like someone that could just be a founder because that's what founders do they're like i want to do this and then you like almost like got distribution before you started and then you got the distribution then you did that that, that's awesome you mentioned earlier in our conversation that that you're you this kind of goes in line with one of your interests of like you're like distilling information about vc that might be like insider knowledge to like other other people or people that may not have that knowledge is is your way of doing this kind of like through the book or and and what how else do you think about kind of going through that activity of like explaining vc in ways that may not be easily explained otherwise yeah absolutely i mean i spend a lot of my like my friend group doesn't work in tech and i think that's like a big part of why i want to make like accessible content because I was like, oh, like I can't really explain, if I can't explain what I could do to my friends, like it's gonna be really hard to explain it to other people that I meet. And like the world is bigger than just the, the, uh, the people in tech. And so I thought it would be really interesting to make all of these, you know, the jargon and kind of like these implicit social norms that are really commonplace within the tech and VC bubble more accessible to like a wider, audience of people um because i think it's really important to have a more diverse array of voices like especially in venture um so that's like kind of my motivation behind it so i spend a lot of time like doing tweet like uh tweet storms or like tweet threads about different topics in venture for, of like they're honestly just like pages of notes that i took when i started in growth equity And I would just ask my partners like, oh, what's this? What's that? And then like the most interesting ones, the ones that were most light bulb inducing for me um, have distilled. And I have just like pages and pages of notes from them. So I'm slowly working my way through that content. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Um, It's almost a power where you you put in work earlier in life. Um, and then you, because of Twitter is such an easy format, you're able to like, yeah. you almost like uh, benefit from your work that you've already done. <laughs> I think like that's something that I tweeted about before, but a lot of people at, like at, in my college, I was the pe- I was the person that people came to and they had a question about like resources or who they should talk to about something. And I think I, I read some article about it, maybe like my junior year. And it was basically like, if you make repeatable resources, you'll be able to impact so many more people because you can send them out to people. They can send them out to their friends. Um, it's just like you get much more, for lack of a better word, leverage on the help that you're giving because it lives like outside of you. It's not dependent on your time um, in a linear fashion. So that's one thing I've been like very intentional about. 
And I want to like stay down this strand a little bit because it sounds like um, you obviously have an interest in venture capital. Like, is your goal to become a VC, or is it is this interest sole interest, and you have like you want to be a founder, or you want to you know work at a tech company for a decade to get experience? Like, how do you think about navigating the tech world, seeing that your interest like definitely seems to be like in that category? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for context, the the managing partners of the growth equity firm that I worked at prior um, TBC Capital were both software entrepreneurs that had exits before. Um, and, and I saw that a lot of people that um, a lot of founders that I was talking to were really excited by the prospect of people that had spent their time like being operators um, before they became investors. And I think that I'm I'm super happy at WorkOS and I'm excited to help build out the developer success team. Um, and then I think further down the road, I'll think about, uh, I'm going to raise my own um, B2B SaaS fund and specifically focus on um, underrepresented founders, whether that's geography, race, gender, um, sexual orientation. I think it's just like, that's super important to me. And I, I feel like people don't talk about it enough, but raising a VC fund is really like being a founder because you still have to go through like all of the legal hoops. You have like operations, you have finance on the portfolio management side. Um, it definitely is like you're, you're running a company. Investors just often talk about the more downstream effects um, of investing in companies. So that's, that's how I'm thinking about navigating the tech world. They also, people don't realize this, but investors have to raise money from investors too. Like investors yeah, have LP and like, I feel like it's even harder. I mean, I don't, I haven't tried raising a fund, but like I have to feel like it's harder to raise a fund because you can't differentiate yourself at the, in the same way that you can as a startup, you know? So it's almost like in some ways harder. So this is like what I'm talking about in, um, in my book, but basically like the way that you differentiate yourself as an investor is through your investment thesis and for me, that's like investing in B2B SaaS companies run by underrepresented founders because I believe that they have a unique view of the world and also um, are serving markets that have traditionally been like underserved. Um, and so like that's how you raise money. It's based on like your track record and um, and basically like the, the format of it is before you go out and raise institutional money, most people often raise What's becoming more common is raising a micro fund, so six to 10 million from operators, um, friends that you've made in the industry. So I think like that is the path prior to going out and raising institutional capital in like a second fund after you've done like the proof of concept. Because bef before that, like people will commit money based on trust and their track record with you um, and what you're excited about because they probably heard you talk about it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that makes total sense. Then I kind of want to like shift the conversation a little bit to the way that how we originally met and it sounds like how you landed a job and how everyone kind of everything kind of kind of comes to this like internet city of Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. When did you and I, I kind of bring it up a lot on the podcast, but yeah, as I think it's, um, it's actually like really important to be on it. Like if you're trying to be oh, yeah, it's, it's like, not, so I didn't I, I wasn't on Twitter until maybe January of this year because I had like kept a running tab of Twitters that I would go on um, and just look at individually but when I joined Twitter in January I had cold emailed an investor um, Mike Dempsey who's at Compound 
in New York. Um, and I sent him an article and he was like, Oh, thanks. Like, can I like tag you on Twitter for, you know, basically like finding this article for me? I was like, Oh, I don't have one. He's like, Oh, you should definitely make one if you're interested in VC and start tweeting. Um, and he, he was like, probably he's like an OG learn in public guy. So he, he got his, I think, like one of his original jobs in venture from just learning in public and you like build a track record because people can go back and see what you were curious about, like kind of the past of inquiry you were going down. Um, so yeah, I just started tweeting seriously, maybe in February. Uh, it's been a pretty crazy ride since then. And if, if you were talking to someone who wanted to break into, like, you know, I'm sure you get people, you know, often that are like, yeah, I want to start a startup. But like, these are people, let's say outside of, of, of tech at the moment. How, how would you explain to them like what, that you need to be on Twitter? Obviously we know the power of it. It's how we got connected. It's how I met, you know, it, it's Twitter, but like, it's not that obvious if you're not in it. So have you, have you been in a situation where you've had to explain like if someone wants to break into tech that they got to get on Twitter or I don't know, like, what yeah, do you I, mean, I made like a, a, a notion doc on like the tech and VC, like breaking in. And I think like the, the cadence and basically like your perspective on how you get hired changes so much going from like, I worked at Northrop where like the way that you got into Northrop was like, you apply, they look through applications, you go through interviews, but in like tech and startup world, it's so much more relationship based. Um, and so, yeah, I explained that on my like, uh, tech and VC notion doc. Um, and I also included like the Holloway guide to Twitter, which I thought was really important, but yeah, I don't know. Explaining like, the like tech Twitter is really interesting, especially like I was involved with I'm out the eye and like explaining that, <laughs> explaining that to people that aren't familiar with tech Twitter as well as um, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. That's the beauty. It's, it's, it's what's great about it though, is that I think Twitter is in some, in some small ways, bring some of the serendipitous nature of SF to, to the cloud to like anyone. And yeah, of course, like, SF is still feel, SF. But. I feel super lucky about that because I actually like ended up turning down, I mean, not in San Francisco, but I ended up turning down a position in Boston to be close to my family in San Diego and um, had kind of like thought about going to San Francisco. And I, I've been up there a ton for conferences and I have a lot of friends up there. Um, but because like everything is online, it's been like I've been able to find that community through Twitter and not having to like fly up to San Francisco every month. Um, so yeah, it's, it's made that really awesome. And I feel like I'll plan on working remote for basically like the rest of my career, I guess, uh, unless something like drastically changes, but I'd, I'd like to stay in San Diego and be close to my family. Yeah, I, excluding going to San Francisco for three months for an accelerator, I've done everything I've done from my room in Phoenix, Arizona. So I, I agree that it is all possible from the cloud. And I feel people call this like being a cloud resident, but now we're all cloud residents. So this unlocks so much opportunity, which is exciting. Um, so kind of as you think about the future, what, um, as it, can we, we kind of wind down the podcast, like what's interesting to you? You say you want to be like an operator first. Are you trying to like scale with WorkOS? You want to start a company? Are you taking it day by day, which everyone? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to build out like the developer success org at WorkOS and help there because I think it's like a very crucial position in B2B SaaS companies that are coming up. 
um, like a heavy focus on customer support in a technical manner. Um, and I'm really excited about our founder and like our investors. It's been really nice getting to know, especially like Brianne Kimmel. Um, she's one of our investors. And so it's been cool like going to her for advice about, you know, like how should I position this Twitter thread or like how should I set up this um, like team uh, like learning hour. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely want to stay with WorkOS. For- That's awesome. I also know that WorkOS, from my knowledge, you obviously had more because you work there, but it's kind of like a rocket ship. Like it's kind of it's kind of like a great company to be at right now, from from my perspective. So, so yeah, 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 it's it's really cool. And we were remote um, prior to COVID, which I think like um, I liked it. Like we're a very like writing focused culture, which is nice because a lot of like engineering cultures that I had worked at before weren't oriented that way. Um, and so I'm I'm really like excited about that. Um, and Michael's super transparent. He's like an amazing founder to work for. So yeah, I feel really lucky. And if, um, to kind of round it out, if anyone, you know, has heard this and they're interested in your guide on venture capital, they want to find you on Twitter, your website, anything like that. How can people get in touch and learn more about you? Yeah, sure. Um, my Twitter handle is page Finn with three N's, I think. Um, and then my website's page Finn Doherty. Finis with two ends. Um, and yeah, my DMs are open on Twitter. If anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um, there's no dumb questions as a reminder. <laughs> I like to round out every call by saying that. Yeah. I want to second what you just said in that if like, if you get, if people listening, get on Twitter, anyone that has open DMs, they're open for a reason. So use them like they're powerful. Things go down in the DMs for sure. So Paige, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate learning about what you're into. And I'm looking forward to watching, you know, watching what happens in the next decade or two in tech. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, Matt.